Listeners are advised, this podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker. Hey, Zoe Linkson. Hello, Amy Long. What's happening? Bit of this, bit of that. Bit of the other. Bit of Hajjvada. I had this two nights ago. Did you? Are you yeah. sure you want to talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was the bit of the other thing. Oh. <laughs> well, Hilary, my auntie, was very distraught to hear that I wasn't a virgin after last week's episode. I, Hilary, I can only apologise <laughs> for the wanton life that she's led. <laughs> I've only been in it a few years, but she knew. I feel I've encouraged she it. She went, Amy, I knew you weren't a 40-year-old virgin, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what's been happening? No, I want to go back to you having sex two nights ago. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure where you found the time from, because we were texting most of that night. Well, I'm very it was multi- really bad. I'm very... You were kind of like, you carry on up there, I've just got to send some WhatsApps. I'm very good at multitasking, <laughs> what can I say? Anyway, I'm obsessed with Jordan Woods. This is the Kardashian thing, isn't it, that you talked to me about last week? Because I caught a tweet this morning, some girl with her, an hilarious response to Chloe saying that Jordan's responsible for everything and she felt betrayed. And this girl's response was along the lines of, uh, he cheated on you whilst you were giving birth. And I feel that it's really not down to her. I'm with you. Like I, she, Chloe has retracted that and said she oh, okay. she may have said things emotionally. Can I confess to everyone? I know you're aware of this already. I just need to make a confession to the wider world. I personally don't keep up with the Kardashians. I generally only. <laughs> I see what like, you did there. <laughs> if I come to see you and you've got it, you have it on in the background quite a bit, don't you? So that would be am when obsessed. I watch it. I never used to watch it and never was interested. And then I caught an episode at a friend's house on like a Sunday afternoon and I went, oh. <laughs> and it just became... And do you know, I think it was because I went to LA and they're based in LA and a lot of the places that we went to we were on there and the la la. But um, yeah, obsessed. And the whole Jaws and Woods, Kylie Jenner, I just... I love it. I'm desperate. I don't believe it. And I think it's all for ratings. Of, now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Chloe got together with Tristan. Tristan, whilst he was with someone else already who was pregnant. Is that right? No. I thought he was with another person at the time she started seeing him. Because a lot of the responses I saw were, um, "What do you expect? It's exactly the same thing that you did." Oh. Don't know. Oh, okay. Don't know. Well, I'll do some research on that. This is the Kardashians that. fall under that umbrella of things that don't interest you. Well, yeah, <laughs> but because of what I do for a living, like I've never seen a Harry Potter because when Harry Potter started to become huge, I worked in Scotland. Yeah. Who were obsessed with J.K. Rowling because yeah. she'd been based in Scotland. Yeah. So. Every time she, you know, drank a cup of coffee, it mm. made headlines. And I was just like, I can't stand this shit. Yeah. So I blanket thought, but like, I don't want anything to do with it. So there's a few things that fall under that. The Kardashians being one of them. They started to get really big with online news stories when yes. I was still over at the mirror. And I was just overhearing about them all the time. And I was like, not interested. It's not interesting, all. though. Yeah. 
it's not interesting. All the shit they put in the... Well, you know how I feel about tabloids anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with that. And what else has been crack-a-lacking? Did you get RA1 tickets? Oh. Uh, what do you mean? So... No. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, both Amy and I were in meetings at the time, the A1 tickets. A1 are playing at the O2 in Islington. A1 British boy band had a fleeting bit of fame. In the late 90s. Yeah. I couldn't name a song, personally. I, I only know the cover they did of AHA's Take On Me. Okay. Because I watched the video on the box. Okay. <laughs> um, but they... They announced a gig their first time as the original A1 lineup in 15 years, playing at the O2 in Islington, which isn't massively far for us. And I was like, oh, we should go. Let's see if we get tickets. I was in a meeting when they went on a sale. Amy was in a meeting as well. I, I mean, came. I wasn't paying much attention in that meeting, <laughs> but I came out of my meeting to a message going, "Are we going to get them?" And I thought, "Oh, this will be good. I'll get them now and surprise Amy, saying, oh, I got them for us. Aren't they amazing?'" But apparently out. she's not amazing at <laughs> yeah, all. <laughs> I'm shit and we aren't going to see A1. No, they sold out really fast and to be honest... Also, in other news, speaking of the O2 in Islington, we're overwhelmed at the response to our plea for funds to go and do a VIP oh, with yes. O-Town. We would love we- to thank everybody for their generous donations. Name one. Well, we're, we've we've raised the amount of zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for hearing our pleas. Uh, we will never get to meet O-Town. No. Unless they come to stalk us at our hotel. <laughs> Which I is a possibility. I feel that Trevor Pennick really needs me in his life. Yes, well, I'm still mad that Ashley Angel's not involved, but it's okay because Dan Miller has aged very well. <laughs> Some fine specimen. Although I've always suspected that Dan Miller might really fancy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, other stuff. That's not really a lot that's going on. International Women's Day today. Yes, it Big is. Big up, girl power. Yep. I'm selling my Spice Girls tickets if anybody would like to purchase it. <laughs> uh, I bought another Take That ticket this week. Payday came around. That now makes how many? Well, I'm going to opening night now in Sheffield. Because oh, hang on. This puts you... This puts your first show before my first show? You just wanted to steal your thunder, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, in my head, to do where our first on-the-road report will come from. 12th of April, Sheffield. Oh, definitely you. Mm. I mean, I am seeing Take That at the Royal Albert Hall at the end of this month, but it's not part of the tour. It's a one-off special. Okay. But you still kick your tour off a couple of weeks before me. Oh. Yes. Oh, we need to maybe buy some equipment then for on the road. Oh, yes. I mean, like podcasts and equipment, not yes. whips and chains and shit. I mean, why not? <laughs> so that on the 12th of April. And then I've got a few dates in London at the start of May. I think it's three nights in London. And then at the end of May, I've got two stadium dates. I'm not sure how I feel about stadium gigs. Yeah, I haven't done a stadium gig for a very long time. But I just think now I'm old, that I probably couldn't cope with all that shit. Older than some people, but younger than some buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Younger than the Queen. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And I've been to a few Take That gigs in stadiums and hated them. But a friend of mine was like, if you go to a stadium gig and you're right down the front, they're fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, no, I can imagine that. I just, it's the whole... Not really anywhere to sit down. 
queuing for the bathroom, queuing for a drink, trying to get back, like trying to figure out where you were stood and get back to your mates. I just don't know that mm. I've got time for that bullshit anymore. Oh, no one's got time for it. <laughs> no, but it's all worth it when they come out and you're like, oh, I can touch you. So yeah, that's going to be a thing. And then I still haven't bought a Backstreet Boys ticket. I told you not to buy one to the day, though. That's what I'm going to do, but because because of work, I'm just going to wait until the day, see what time I finish work, and if it's a reasonable time, I'm just going to buy a ticket and go. Okay. Is that O2 as well? Yes. I was looking at going to Birmingham the Saturday before, but I can't be asked. Okay, because the O2 is quite good, because touts aren't allowed to sell anywhere on that bit around the dome so all the returns have to go back to the box office on the day you could normally get a face value cool yeah i know so i might do that undecided still mad at nick carter oh nick oh nick yes that is also are you gonna tell him am i gonna tell him nick carter i think you should do a banner nick Nick carter is a see you next tuesday (laughs) (laughs) i think i might get beaten up by backstreet boys (laughs) yeah possibility (laughs) They're rabid Backstreet Boys fans. <laughs> I have a sign that says, I hate you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I want you to. Not that I want you to go to hospital, but I'd come and pick you up. Oh, thanks, man. That's good. Uh, Get so away, my driver. week, my week has consisted of uh, researching alcohol. Ooh. I am doing, Ooh, yes. I'm doing the planning meetings. And when mm-hmm. I say meetings, it's just me. Mm-hmm. For our drunk episodes. Yeah, we're doing a drunk episode or two. So I have found some interesting cocktails. Okay. All ones that can be made in a hotel room <laughs> without <laughs> the assistance of, like, a blender. Okay, good, So yes. we don't attract attention. Oh, I mean... Uh, Amy and I are having a little... I would call it a city break. Mm. It's not where it's we live break. It's the city break. <laughs> uh, to go to a hotel and we want to record, do a drunk episode... But in order to do this, obviously we have to stay overnight because neither of us will be able to drive. We don't live anywhere near each other. <laughs> yeah. And our safe spaces have been stolen by other people because neither <laughs> of us live alone anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are investing all that money you guys have donated into <laughs> going to a hotel for and a couple of drunk. days and getting fucked <laughs> we'll up. Spend it all on booze, thanks very much. No, so I've been researching <laughs> cocktails. I've picked eight. I think I've got it down to eight. They're all named after boy band songs. We're going to sit in a hotel room, get absolutely fucking wasted, and record it for you. And there'll be no editing. Oh, you're welcome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We we are willing to do this for you guys. Yes. People, we're giving the people what they want. (laughs) Everyone has said they like our chatty shit. It's the thing that people don't know they want. (laughs) But they definitely do. (laughs) When they get it, they're going to be so happy. Yes. So that's what I've been doing this week. I've been planning, obviously, a lot of work. I did take some time at work last night to research cocktails. Mm. So um, he says, bring a bottle with you when you're listening to the podcast. Oh yeah, you. if we're getting drunk, we need you to also be drinking whilst you're listening to us to fully appreciate the levels as we go along. And so, that includes if you're on your morning commute. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want that uh, bottle of disposable wine in the car. In the <laughs> one car? Of, one of those plastic cups. No that you just pull, here. One of those plastic cups that you just pull the foil top mm-hmm. off that you get to get in Marks and Spencers. Yes, please drink responsibly. Yes, and we want a pictures of you <laughs> getting drunk with us. <laughs> be assured there will be plenty of pictures and video that we take of each other. Are we getting matching pyjamas for the hotel? Oh, fucking hell, we could. A trip to Primark? 
Absolutely. Mine's a double XL. I feel we look super cute in matching pajamas. I agree. That's what the Kardashians do every Christmas. <laughs> Is it matching PJs? Oh, I wish I cared more. Yeah, I wish I cared less sometimes. <laughs> okay, so that's about it. We're off right to see nine one one tomorrow. That's oh, yeah. all our other news. That finally the nine one one gig has come oh, around. Amy gets to meet oh, all my crew for the first time oh yes the ones that i didn't realize existed <laughs> yeah amy thinks i've got no friends i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know the only friends of zoe's i've met are in new york or boston so i didn't know that none was... of them are coming to gloucester to see 911 the boy band that they've never heard of lazy. they're american lazy i know obnoxious so but yeah this is my brit crew okay are any of them take that fans they I think Gail might be. Hmm. Gail sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How so many that's... of them are there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Coming to Gloucester. Might be eight. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. Do you want in on the matching t-shirts? Yeah, what matching t-shirts? <laughs> I'll tell you, we'll take a quick break now and I'll tell you. So we will be back after this with the results of the Boy Band Video World Cup. So the song I was singing, thinking it was 911, was Jam On Cause Backstreet's Got It. Come on now, everybody. We've got it going on for you. Okay, that's the bit we deleted. No, I know. No, I was singing it while you were talking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but that's not the 911 song. But when you sing the 911 song... You got my body shaking. Sounds the same. Yeah. Okay. A lot of boy band songs do. So, boy band we are. Up. With the results of week three of the boy band video World Cup. This, we're nearly at the end of these first preliminary games. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I know it feels like a slog. We're, we're getting there. So, results Yes, of... it's so hard to tap, <laughs> take that on a poll on Instagram. Social media. <laughs> but a lot of people are going and watching the playlist, so... Oh, that's good. not just tapping, they're that's actually good. following instructions. I'm really, really quite that's chuffed good. with well everyone. Done, well done, people. Results. Wham versus Bross. Wham had 70%, Bross had 30%. Absolutely no surprises there. Club Tropicana. It's a great fucking video. It is a great video. Um, Human Nature versus Take That. Human Nature, (gasps) 17%. Take That, 83%. I think that might be our biggest landslide. Oh, yes. I'm going to go back at the other weeks and look. Maybe Boys to Men were slightly more. Mm. Uh, Spandau Ballet versus NSYNC. Again, no surprises. Spandau, 18.5%. NSYNC 81.5%. Can I just say that NSYNC video is so <laughs> fucking good. And final game of week three was LFO versus Westlife. Really close at one point. I thought LFO had nabbed it. Oh. But the result is LFO 47%, Westlife 53%. Very good. Well, so that Westlife. going through to the next round are Wham, Take That, NSYNC and Westlife. Great. Okay, so matches for next week. The videos will go up on our social media today friday and the polls will run for 24 hours from some point on saturday depends what time we wake up mm-hmm. the games are bad boys inc versus 911 that's a goodie it's a good match because everybody knows matthew james payment <laughs> hi matthew <laughs> match 14 is five Versus the Backstreet Boys. How fast did your head flip round right there when five. I said five? I'm just worried about them going up against BSB. It is Everybody Get Up, which is quite a good that little is, video. Good. Match 15, Aha versus the Bay City Rollers. Oof. 
and match 16 and I know everyone's like she can't have got this far and not done New Kids on the Block the final match of the first set of rounds <laughs> is 98 Degrees versus New Kids on the Block Ooh. so that will all go up tomorrow remember watch the videos you're voting for your favourite video not your favourite boy band the polls will go up please only vote in one format we put them up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter just so that we catch everyone. She gets really mad if people no, cheat. No, I don't get angry. <laughs> it's just, we've done, we do it across all three of them so that everyone can vote on whichever is yes. their favourite form of social media. Yes, Instagram. It, yeah, it's no, no, it's not Twitter. <laughs> so please only vote once. We do take out votes if we spot you voting twice, but that all happens tomorrow and we will let you know the results in next week's episode yeah and we will then be ready for quarter finals it does go so 16 teams eight matches yeah quarter finals mm. yes come on we're gonna redraw so they don't it's not the winner of match one plays the winner of match two mm. it all goes into a draw i might actually video the draw just so that people can see, see that, that we're, we're not, not lying yeah yeah so we'll video the draw and we'll pop that up on the socials once this round of matches is finished obviously because we don't know who's going through okay that's it Right, well, we'll be back in just a moment with the story of human nature. <laughs> human nature. Australian. Boy this band. Australian all I boy know band. about them. Yes. And also that they have a residency in Vegas. I don't want to jump the gun on your story. I mean, that's the end. Well done. That's <laughs> it. Human nature done. <laughs> so, human nature are an Australian boy band formed in 1989. The four members are called Toby Allen, Phil Burton, and then brothers Andrew and Mike Tierney. They started as a band called Four Tracks, so the number four, and then T-R-A-X. Boy bands do come up with some really shit names. Shit names. That's what we were saying last week, right, for the X Factor ones. Terrible, terrible names. I still think Take That is a bit of a... Oh, Nucas on the Block as well. Both slightly cringy names. Well, that have, that we've kind of got, got used, used to them. To them. Yeah, but at the time you were kind of like, oh, okay, you've called yourself that. I think Take That had an exclamation point at the end as well at first. <laughs> like, Take That! And Wham! have an exclamation point. Oh, they do, yes. yes. And I in... feel 911 need a 911. <laughs> well, NSYNC have a apostrophe or an asterisk before the N. Which N? The first N in sync. Oh, like the C note. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So they were called Four Tracks and they represented their school in a regional school's concert in November 1989. All four members had choir backgrounds and were inspired by groups from the Motown era. So like the Four Tops was one of their faves. At the concert, they played the Penguins hit Earth Angel. Angel. Is that the one from Back to the Future? I love that song. Uh, they later said it was the only song they knew. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be the only song they knew. So they were then encouraged to sing, or to listen to more Motown groups. <laughs> listen to more music, chaps. Yeah, listen so, to more music. We only know one song, What Have You Done With Your Life. Right. So the three older members finished high school and Toby went off and worked as a perfume salesman and studied oh cool. no see that annoying <laughs> Dijon for men, men. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what's high school age so is that the same as us finishing secondary school so 16 17 ish no they do um, sixth form at school as well so it would be 18 ish yeah okay. 17 18 
So Toby worked as a perfume salesman and he studied courses in accounting and geology. Andrew studied physiotherapy. The name Toby always makes me think of Toby Anstice. And for some reason, we used to call Toby Anstice Toby Aardvark. So every time you say Toby, in my head, my action is Aardvark. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a Toby Anstice story that I will tell you not on here. Okay, so go back. (laughs) Who was the dude after Toby? So Andrew studied physiotherapy for two years and Phil was studying to be a music teacher. Mike, who was the youngest member of the group, was doing his HSC, as they call it (laughs) over there, his higher school certificate in his final year of secondary school. Four tracks initially gave street performances along the doo-wop style. And after winning some talent quests, I, honestly, it's my least favourite type of music. Barbershop, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it, like, watching Back but to the Future and stuff. But a boy band but... comes out of when we do, when we eventually get round to doing the, the episode. <laughs> we're always talking about two episodes we keep mentioning that we've not yet asked to do the history of the boy band and Lou Pearlman but the history of the boy band a lot of it came out of Barbershop and leads into the Osmonds and Harmonise and all that kind of shit right so they were singing lots of songs that were like along that vibe and then they won some more talent shows and began singing professionally in clubs and started to build a following. They were sending out demo recordings to loads of different labels and on a visit to Sony they managed to um, get in front of Dennis Handlin, who was the CEO, and performed an a cappella version of People Get Ready. Don't know it. I don't either. And that was enough for them to get a contract. Oh, well so done, they, boys. Very they obviously wowed him with that. Is this Sony Australia, I take it? They've... I'm going to say yes. Okay. By 95, the group felt that Four Tracks, as a name, was dated... <laughs> yes so they brainstormed some alternatives <laughs> yeah mike suggested human nature toby had said they thought it was a bit obvious because it's a really well used term but then the more they kind of lived with it the more they realized that it suited them they was... and obviously at this point absolutely no consideration needed to how easy it is to google in no. the future because tinternet's not that i mean it's around but it's, it's yeah did google exist in 95 I want to say in its early stages, I think at that point we were probably still Ask Jeeves in. <laughs> or Yahooing. Yeah. I, remo- I remember, I had a colleague this week say, I've just Googled it on Facebook. <laughs> and I think people were doing that more and more often. It's really weird. So they decided that it really suited them, the, the name Human Nature. They were singing a cappella at the time and it represented what they were all about. Singing was our human nature, is the uh-huh. quote, yeah. Shut up, Toby. Hard luck. <laughs> on the 1st of March, 96, Human Nature released their first single, Got It Going On, which uh, reached is it? N- number 19 on the ARIA singles chart. Now, we're going to have to say here, ARIA is Australian Recording Institute Association or something so, like that. Let me look it up now. You carry on and I'll Google. The song is it was... Got It Going On, is it? No, it was okay. co-written by the Tierney brothers with their producer, Paul... Beguiled. Was it five? Paul Beguiled. Five? No. No, no, that's um, Backstreet Boys. At the ARIA Music Awards in 96, they received their first nomination for Best Talent. They followed up with Telling Everybody in July, which reached the top 30. The third single, Wishes, peaked at number six and gave them their first platinum certification from ARIA. 
Uh, Wishes was co-written by Alan Glass with its producer Andrew Clipple, who was a member of Euphoria. ARIA, Australian Recording Industry Association. There we go, close enough. Yeah. They opened for Celine Dion on the Australian leg of her Falling Into You Around the World tour in March 96. And they were also a support act for the tour's European leg, visiting Ireland, England, France, Belgium, Austria and Switzerland in June 97. Oh, thank you for visiting. Yes. Uh, They also opened for her next world tour, Let's Talk About Love, in 98 at the concerts in South Korea and Japan. So Getting around a bit. That must be another one of those record label link things. Yeah. They're all on Sony. I know, we'll push them out to Celine Dion fans. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't do know if that's a match. I sometimes but... that the support acts don't necessarily suit who they're... You know how the trailers in the movie theatre has to be appropriate <laughs> to the main feature? Right, yes. Yes. Yeah. Bizarre. So December 96, Human Nature released their debut album, Telling Everybody, which reached number seven on the Aria Albums chart and remained in the top 50 for 64 weeks. I thought you were about to say years. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, 64 years. (laughs) It also reached the top 100 on both the German and Japanese album charts. Eight of its 12 tracks were produced by Bigord. I don't know how to say his name, so I'm just going to cluck it like I'm a hen. And the other four by Clipple. According to Australian musicologist, I think somebody's trying to get in on our uh, trying to get in on our boy bandologist thing. Yeah, Australian musicologist Ian McFarlane, the album brimmed with silky smooth dance pop and blue-eyed soul. Shut up, Ian. <laughs> on the aria and just say how hard it is to review. Like if all you do is review music all the time, coming up coming up with different yeah. like ways to describe them without being repetitive every week is quite hard okay so brimmed with silky smooth dance pop and blue-eyed soul (laughs) what does that even mean blue-eyed soul don't know that's a bit aryan yes it does (laughs) on the aria end of year albums chart it reached number 11 christy eliza of billboard listed the album at number nine in his top 10 for the year declaring that it had stunning r&b vocals Human Nature got some attention from their Sony label mate, Michael Jackson. Oh! They were an opening act (laughs) for the Australian leg of the History World Tour in November and December 96. Mike Tierney told The Times in the November, Well, it's totally amazing and a real coup for us and a great opportunity to showcase our music to a large number of people. Have they done any touring of their own at this point? No. So it just so if you're a, at this stage, you're a human nature fangirl, which great for, for Australia. Like you've got, is it this Australia's first proper boy band? I think maybe? it probably is. Yeah. When all they've had before is boy bands that would pop in for a little tour and then pop out again and then not see them for another two decades. Like so, your Australian boy band is only supporting these much bigger acts. Yeah. It must be really hard to fangirl as a teenager. Yeah. You want to go and see them, you have to go and buy a ticket to go and see Michael Jackson. Yeah. Which is going to be costing you a pretty penny. I think Australians probably really are not opposed to going to see Michael Jackson. Okay. I think they'd really <laughs> be like, yes. It's, no, that's not the point I'm making that they don't want to see Michael Jackson. Like, Just the but cost. if you want to see Human Nature. It's costing you a lot of money to fangirl. I wonder how many fans they actually had at this point, though. Mm. This is still in 96. Well, maybe a few. They've released a few songs. They've done quite well. So, yeah, okay. Good point well made. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, they continued opening for Jackson on the European. You didn't even mention my accent, by the way, so I'm just assuming you accepted it. So thank you very much. They continued opening for Jackson on the European leg through early '97. They did stadiums with over a hundred thousand people Jesus present, God, yeah. and they did three nights at Wembley Stadium. In an interview in July 2009. Andrew described touring with Michael Jackson, saying it was an incredible... Shall I do the accent? Do the I like the accent. It was an incredible break for us. We learned <laughs> so much from seeing him perform that many times and experienced things that have shaped us into the entertainers we are today. He was the ultimate artist and so inspiring. That's the end. I want to end hear quote. him actually talk now. Because if we find him on YouTube and he talks and he sounds exactly like you, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah, good impression, Long. In April and May 97, they toured the UK supporting Eternal. <gasps> I loved Eternal. Yes. Yes. Both when they had Louise and when they didn't have Louise. Yes. Yes, they were great. Have Eternal. you seen Kelly from Eternal in Hollyoaks? No, I don't watch it. So Kelly from Eternal's now... Well, she always was an actress. She did stage school and all that kind of thing. But she's now in Hollyoaks. And she came on to the screen. I only saw her in it for the first time last week. Mm. And she came on screen. I was like, that girl looks like Kelly from Eternal. Can't be her because Kelly from Eternal's my age. That girl looks about 20. Fucking is her. Was she, she playing a 20-year-old? No, I don't know how old the character she's playing is. But she has not aged. No. Seriously, she looks fucking amazing. Yeah. That I had to Google and be like, they it's Kelly do. from Eternal in yeah. Hollyoaks. <laughs> They all look great from Eternal. They've they've done very well. In June 98, Human Nature released a VHS <laughs> called Human Nature Telling Everybody the Story. And that had footage of their European and Japanese 97 tours when they were supporting Celine Dion, Michael Jackson and Eternal. Additional singles from that album, Telling Everybody, are were Don't Say Goodbye in March 97, which reached number eight. Whisper Your Name which came out in August and got to 19. <laughs> got to number 18. And People Get Ready, which was in November, and that hit the top 40. I'm guessing that it hit number 40. <laughs> the album achieved triple platinum status in 97. So this is their first album. At the ARIA Music Awards of 97, they received nominations for Best Pop Release and Producer of the Year for... For Telling Everybody... <laughs> Oh, we know that it's about telling everybody. Highest single, highest selling single for both Don't Say Goodbye and Wishes and Breakthrough Artist. At the ceremony in September, they debuted their single Every Time You Cry, which was a duet with John Farnham. Do you know who he is? Oh, yeah. Famous Australian singer. You're the voice, try and understand it. Take your voice and make it clear. Oh. It's a great song. Oh. Always get mixed up with John Cougar Mellencamp, though. Oh. Carry on. It's not him yet. <laughs> uh, in the following month, Human Nature went on their own national concert tour. Yes! So Go fangirls! The single with John Farnham peaked at number three and stayed in the ARIA Top 50 for 15 weeks. They received a nomination at the ARIA Music Awards of 98 for Producer of the Year for Big Arts work on Whisper Your Name. And another for highest selling single with John Farnham for Every Time You Cry. They later I, That's picking me up when I whisper Zoe. Yeah, well, I'll just turn it up. <laughs> they later performed with Farnham on his I Can't Believe He's 50 tour. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> In April to May 99, other margarine and spreads are available. In December 98, they supported Janet Jackson's tour of Australia. 
Their second album, Counting Down, was released in May 99, and that consisted of sessions that were recorded in Sydney, London and LA, used the production team from the first album, along with international songwriters and producers. It debuted at number one on the ARIA charts, remained in the top 50 for 26 weeks, and was certified platinum by the end of the following year. Our mate McFarlane, the musicologist, he described (laughs) it this time as smooth R&B pop. Slightly less wanky. Slightly less flourishy (laughs) this time. And then the Elisa person of Billboard declared that its number one status sent the right signal to other territories about the vocal quartet. I think that was his way of saying people outside Australia are going to know these boys are good. Just say that, mate. Every Time You Cry was included on the album and five other singles charted in the ARIA Top 40. Cruel in September 98 at number 14. Last To Know, March 99 at number 14 also. Don't Cry... July got to number five. Eternal Flame, yes, that one. That was in October 99, hit number eight. And uh, Be There With You in April 2000, which got to number 40. Uh, Andrew and Michael, the brothers, co-wrote She's Taken My Words, which was the B-side for Last To Know, which was used as the theme song for Australian feature film Paperback Hero, released in March 99. No, no, idea. same. They were the first Australian group, and as of October the, tw- <laughs> they were the, the first up. They were the first Australian group. <laughs> they were the first Australian group, and at that point, the only one to have six top forty hits from one album. All except "Be There with You" received gold certification in Australia. I was just looking to see if "Be There with You" was the one they wrote themselves, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like most other boy band stories at this point they although they're writing their own music the record company are actually having them the stuff they're yeah. putting out is written for them yeah i think the only real difference between them at this point and other boy bands is that they weren't manufactured they got together organically as mates yeah yeah and brothers which we've seen <laughs> before a few Those times are the two. they're gonna be the first ones to split up Human Nature appeared in an Australian concert tour of symphonic versions of Beatles songs conducted by George Martin. The George Martin? What? George R. Martin? I think it must be. George R.R. R. Martin. Who's the Game of Thrones guy? Oh, that might be R.R. No, it's again, just George Games, Martin. Game of Thrones, again, something's very... Actually, I tried to watch Game of Thrones. Someone gave me the box set. Yeah. Of, I think it might have been season two. Yeah. And they were like, you'll love it, go and watch it. And I first Why, why I watched, season two? Why not season one? I think they were promoting, it was someone that worked in the com- PR company Got that it. were doing promotions for season two. First episode I watched opened with someone having their heads chopped off. And I was like, I don't feel this is for me. I went in at season one, persisted with I think four or five episodes. And in those episodes, a horse is slaughtered. A very small little person had a lot of sex. There was incest. There was virgin rape, and I was like, I don't know if this is... And it's, also, it's all set in a old worldy. Yeah. No. So you're, you're right. So George Martin's The Beatles Guy and George R.R. R. Martin, American novelist. Yeah, so it's George Martin. Thank you. Carry on. In October 99, they had roles in a stage version of Happy Days, the arena me- mega musical, the arena mega musical playing a 1950s vocal group called The Naturals. Was it like the fun Happy Days? Yes. Yeah. I fucking loved Happy yeah. Days. Well, I think we all did. 
where the phrase jumping the shark comes from. Yes. At the ARIA Music Awards of 99, they were nominated for Best Pop Release for Counting Down, Producer of the Year for Now That I've Found You, that's Paul Bigard again, Depend On Me, Last To Know, Be There With You, and Highest Selling Single for Last To Know. Human Nature's third album was eponymously titled... Human Nature. Yeah, why do they name everything after themselves? This is their first album not called Human Nature. Have New Kids on the Block released an album called New Kids on the Block? Their first album. Not their first album here. So the one that was the first album over there was called New Kids on the Block. We got it here as number three or four. Okay. So Take That's first album was Take That and Party. Just slightly, but with a little twist. Sort of, yeah. I suppose it gets a point across. So Human Nature released Human Nature... On the 1st of December 2000. <laughs> They've gone out into the woods. <laughs> Just <laughs> it was recorded in Sydney, London, Stockholm, Los Angeles and New York. It included It's Gonna Be a Long Night, which was co-written by the Tierney Brothers with Gary Barlow of Take That. Oh, never heard of him. Tell me more about this Barlow creature. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> the album marked a change in style for the group from the previous smooth R&B slash pop sound to a more upbeat electronic sound similar to contemporary group in sync. Doesn't sound like Barlow, does it? No. It's lead single, He Don't so Love this, You. Oh, yes! Put Barlow, put Barlow into perspective for me now. So this is Pope. Take that split up, haven't they, at this point? Yeah. So this is right in the middle of... The Take That split. Okay. The Take That broke up in 96. They reformed in 2005. So the but documentary this is when came Gary's out. Gary's making his living this as a songwriter. 2000. Yeah, okay. Well, you say he's making his living as a songwriter, but no one wanted to work with him. He was sending out demos with other people's names on because no one wanted to work with him. Obviously, human nature, we're a bit more generous. So their first single off this album was called He Don't Love You, which is the one that I know. It was released in November 2000. I arrived in Australia in April 2001, so it was being played everywhere. Great track. In fact, I think when I first heard it, I thought it was in sync, but it is not. So that reached the top 20 in the UK singles chart and number seven in Australia, and it became the second best-selling Australasian single for that year. Tim Cashmere of Undercover Media described their clean-cut image that appeals to teens with full parental approval. How old are they at this point, though? We're 2000. In 89, they were 18-ish. So they're late, very late 20s, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure as a parent I'd want <laughs> my teens to be... Carry yeah, because we're about 11 years on, aren't we? Yeah, yeah okay. so they must be late, very late 20s. <laughs> on the 15th of September... Human Nature performed the Australian National Anthem at the opening ceremony of the 2000 Summer Summer Olympics. Can you borrow my teeth? Your teeth, yes. (laughs) In November, they made a guest appearance on the Australian TV soap opera Neighbours, where they sang He Don't Love You at Erinsborough High's debutant ball and wishes a cappella at the ball's after party. (laughs) Love it. On the 16th of November 2001, Human Nature released their first Greatest Hits album, Here and Now, The Best of Human Nature, featuring 17 tracks, three of which had not been on previous albums. It reached number 11 on the ARIA albums chart. Their single, Always Be With You, peaked in the top 30. At the ARIA Music Awards of 2001, He Don't Love You was nominated for Highest Selling Single and Best Video. 
Can I just say, a nomination for highest selling singles, quite an odd award, isn't it? Yeah, so surely your reward for having the highest selling single is that you've had the highest selling single. And it's not really a competition. No. You must know before the award ceremony that you've won it, because you... just seems an odd one. You're right, that is weird. That's really strange. So from August 2002 to early 2003, Toby portrayed the MC in a production of the musical Cabaret... He used temporary tattoos and dyed black hair in a stark contrast to the clean-cut image associated with the group. Reviews of Toby's portrayal of the MC in Cabaret included a quote that said, He prowls around the stage like a wild animal on heat, muscular, handsome and lascivious, with dyed black hair tattoos and androgynous wet red lips. He's an eye... I'm not done. (laughs) He's an eye magnet, whether centre stage or lurking in the shadows, with an expression of wicked intent. I've had very similar stuff said about me. (laughs) Well, Toby won an award for his performance, a Helpman Award. During the run, Human Nature wore on hiatus, so he didn't have any commitments during that time. In June 2003, the group did get back together to sing the national anthem at Game 2 of the Rugby League State of Origin match at Stadium Australia. What's the State of Origin? Big famous rugby thing. Is it like our, what we consider a derby, kind of? No, I, I think it's a bigger thing. Rugby League, for a start, so it's not Rugby Union, but State of Origin is a, I think it's a, I don't know what it is. Thanks, I'll Google. You carry on. Do that. (laughs) Human Nature released their fourth studio album, Walk the Tightrope, on the 26th of April 2004, and it reached number 12. Andrew explained, with this record, we wanted to take a bit of a chance, do things we haven't done before, break the human nature mould. Can you, if something's human nature, Mm. can you break it? Yes. I think you can (laughs) go against nature. You can go against, but, well... Tim Cashmere from Undercover Media felt that while it is littered with great vocal harmonisation, it's just a bummer about the songs. They haven't exactly pushed the boundaries of artistic endeavour, but they have once again laid down some magnificent vocals backed by some of the world's top production. Is this the guy that was obsessed with them because they were blue-eyed before? No. Okay. <laughs> this is a different <laughs> one. a little bit of a turnaround. Amazon.com's editor opined that they have never sounded better. A blend of Bee Gees groove-inspired dance floor tracks, upbeat pop numbers and gorgeous ballads. Have we decided if the Bee Gees are a boy band yet? We have not decided. Okay. The first single off the album, When You Say You Love Me, was co-written by Darren Hayes of Savage Garden. Okay. Not a boy band. And, <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. I didn't think. <laughs> and it was a cover version of Clay Aiken's album track. Do you know who Clay Aiken is? Yeah, country. He did... No. He did American was, Idol, didn't yes, he? Yes, I was about to... Yeah. Right at the start. It was like season one or two, I think. So it was a, it was a cover of one of I know the name. His. Clay Aiken sounds country to me. Like, yeah, just the name. Yeah, it does. <laughs> in April 2004, it reached number seven in Australia. The track Love is Blind off the album was written by the Bee Gees in 98, but it had not been previously released by any artist. The album also features a reworking of Guilty, One in a Million, by Barry Gibb and Barbara Streisand, and a cover of To Be With You, a 1992 hit by glam metal band Mr Big. Guilty reached the Mr. top 40. Mr Big on glam metal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, were they? No, I'm trying to remember the Mr Big song now. 
The only I one I know find is it, to be not with you. Glam metal. Yeah. That's the only one I know. It's not glam metal. Okay. Glam metal makes you, me think of, and I don't want to go T-Rex. down. T Rex. Yeah. I was going to go down Gary Glitter, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're definitely not going down that road. In May 2005, Toby portrayed Kanicki in another musical, Grease, the Arena Spectacular. John Shand of the Sydney Morning Herald declared that he seemed wasted in his role. I think he means... <laughs> Not the wasted, talent. <laughs> how we talked about being wasted earlier when we are drunk. No, I think okay. he means... I hope. I think he means that he... Because you know, some performers suffer so much with anxiety. Stage fright. That they get bombed on vodka before they go on stage, <clears throat> or whatever substance... For their fifth studio album, Reach Out, the Motown record, guess the theme? Motown. (laughs) Which they released in November 2005. The group focused on shock Motown cover versions. All Music's Matt Collar found the tracks were well-produced and reverent reworkings of the original 60s versions that should appeal to both aficionados of Motown soul and long-time human nature fans. Eliza who we spoke about earlier, now writing for In Music and Media, described it as nanabate. Nana? Yeah, like granny, <laughs> granny bait, which provided something of a late career revival. Phil explained their development. We've gone through the telling everybody and the boy band phase, as you said, but now we're showing everyone how we got to where we are, and that's by listening to this type of music. It really suits us. No shade. They only knew one song. But yeah, you you pedal that. I'm nodding. to this story. Reach Out debuted at number six and five weeks later reached number one on the Aria album chart. It remained in the top 50 for 56 weeks. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure if, if they're just really fucking popular in Australia or if there's nothing else happening in Australian music. <laughs> for it to be in... Big I know, it's Do you remember that period of time when What's His yes. Face was at number one for 26 weeks with Everything I Do? Brian Adams. Yes. Whitney had it with I Will Always Love You and Meatloaf had it with I Would Do Anything For yeah. Love But I Won't Do That. Oh, God. Yeah, and Wet, 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 Love Is All Around as well. There was a period in the early to mid-90s where, yeah. It peaked at number two in New Zealand, their highest charting album outside Australia. <laughs> the eye roll. Amy, Again, Amy no shade. No shade, but... It's it was, it was close, literally, it was it? only New Zealand. It received six-time platinum certification in 2007 from ARIA for shipment of over 420,000 units, which doesn't seem enough to go six times platinum, but... Maybe they have a different level for platinum in Australia. In 2006, they performed across Australia on their Motown show tour with special guest Doug Parkinson. Now, I googled Doug Parkinson <laughs> to find out who he was. Did you find lots of articles about men called Doug with Parkinson? No, he's an old guy. Okay. Toby and Phil have each appeared in reality TV shows. Toby did the fourth season of Dancing with the Stars in May 2006. So the Australian version or the US? The Australian version. Okay. He finished third. Phil was in the second season of Celebrity Overhaul in January 2007. Oh, that sounds I like a fat club thing. That's exactly what it is. Thing? Yes, yes. Were they a dancing boy band? That's just yes. We haven't really talked about that. So they had dance routines as well. Yes. They weren't just a boys' own Westlife no. sit on stool, stand no, up off stools. No, they dance. They dance. Okay, cool. Both Toby and Phil appeared on 
on Australia's brainiest series where they competed for the title of Australia's brainiest musician. <laughs> Phil won and Toby was a runner up. On the 20th. Was it just Phil and Toby? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the 29th of October 2006, Human Nature won the ARIA Award for Highest Selling Album for Reach Out the Motown Record. Fake award. It was their first win from 15 nominations in their 18 years together. Right, there's a bit here that I needed to Google for clarification and I have not. So, Andrew jokingly commented that they were the John Wood of the ARIAs. <laughs> Good one. Well, wag. Classic. I don't know who that is. With the success of Reach Out, Human Nature continued with the Motown theme by releasing their sixth studio album, Dancing in the Street, The Songs of Motown 2, on the 13th of October 2006. <laughs> Nothing like flogging a dead horse. Matt Collar from All Music noticed that they find a nice balance between updating the classic Motown sound for contemporary dance pop fans while still remaining faithful to the original recordings, which is quite similar to what he said about the last album. <laughs> I think he just got it out of the filing cabinet. Yeah, I think he did. It debuted at number one. Nothing wrong with a bit of copy-paste. <laughs> it debuted at number one on the ARIA album chart and was certified three times platinum for 2006. It was nominated at the ARIA Music Awards of 2007 for Best Selling Album. They followed the album with an Australian arena tour in June and July 2007 with pop singer Paulini as the support act. Paulini, one word, or Paul Paulini? <laughs> Paulini, one word. Okay. On the 24th of November 2007, they released their third Motown-themed <laughs> album. Get that, ready. Guys, That the horse. It's Well, this one featured appearances by several original Motown artists. Smokey Robinson... Martha Reeves and Mary Wilson from The Supremes and The Temptations. Smokey Robinson flew to Australia for its release and performed with the group on Dancing with the Stars and Sunrise. The album reached number two on the ARIA albums chart and was certified platinum. There are three Motown-themed albums with a total of 10 platinum certifications have shipped over 700,000 copies in Australia. There aren't that, actually, there's not that, not many, that many people. people. <laughs> There's a lot of sheep. There's a lot of sheep doing some record buying. A lot of snakes. I had a friend once who said if he ever went to Australia, he would wear stilts the whole time because of all the snakes and spiders. (laughs) In 2008, Human Nature performed for the first time in the United States with a two-month engagement at Atlantic City's Tropicana Casino. In April, they performed with Mary Wilson on the Australian TV show It Takes Two, where they sang two duets from their Get Ready album, It Takes Two, and River Deep Mountain High. Sony issued a compilation box set, the Motor City Collection, to coincide with the duets, and that peaked at number 18. So the the same people, so this poor 700,000 people who bought the first three albums, now to go and buy the box set as well, of the same three albums they've already got. Yes, the group teamed up with their previous producer, Elliot Kennedy, to record their ninth studio album, A Symphony of Hits, with the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. Do you know who Elliot Kennedy is? No. He is... Sounds like he should be a character in Neighbours. No. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Elliot Kennedy is like one of Gary Barlow's best mates. Oh, okay. So he does a lot of songwriting and producing with Gary, and take that. 
You know how I said before we kicked off today, I think we really need to calm down on how often we mention our own boy bands. Well, it's not my fault. It's written in the history. <laughs> it's history. <laughs> it was released on the 10th of November 20, 2008. It was released... <laughs> it was released on 10th of... Look, we, we started the deck of the millennium saying 2001, 2002, and then we got to... 2010. Well, I don't know if we started it in 2010, because I think we were saying 2010 then, 2011, and then 2012 came along, <laughs> and since then we switched. Back in Olympics. Yeah. It was released on the 10th of November, 2008, and Pete at number 10. They did right. lots of stuff with other orchestras. In May 2009, Human Nature became the second Australian group to have a residency on the Las Vegas Strip. The first were the four kinsmen of the apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) when they began a year-long engagement at the Imperial Palace Hotel and Casino. Sounds a bit off-strip to me. Mm. At the premiere of the show, Smokey Robinson presents Human Nature, Robinson told Las Vegas Weekly reporter Robin Leach that they were bigger than the Beatles in Australia, New Zealand and Asia. I've never met four harder-working, finely-tuned singers... They are set to become major stars here now, and I'm proud to present them in Vegas. Good for you, Smoke. On the 12th are of... Are they bigger than the... Because remember in I Used To Be Normal, we saw all that streets of Melbourne shut down. Yes. Stuff for the Beatles. Yes. Are, are I mean, human big? nature are I mean, big. they're big, they're but big. are they closing down towns? Do you know, I have a feeling that when I was in Brisbane for six weeks in the summer of 2001 human nature came and did a signing in the town center and they shut it down oh okay that kind of rings a bell from memory just popped into my head right then but But only in those three places but i don't know if we really need to bring an aussie in don't we how can we quantify what's bigger than what in a country we don't live in yeah we're gonna we, we need to make a call we'll make a call on the 12th of December, they returned to Australia for a homecoming show with Smokey Robinson and Jessica Malboy. She's big in Australia. I think she did Australian Idol. At the Wyndham Estate Winery in the Hunter region. In May 2010, the Imperial Palace extended the group's engagement by two years and also renamed their venue as the Human Nature Theatre. Oh, they did that for Matt Goss. Where, um, when Matt was at Caesar's Palace. Right. It was called the Gossy Room. Oh. Yeah. Gossy. The Las Vegas mayor, Oscar Goodman, also decreed that the 11th of May 2010 is to be known as Human Nature Day. I've met him. Have you? He took me out for cocktails. Shut up. Seriously. I went on a press trip, I want to say 10-day press trip to Vegas quite a while back. And one of the things we got, he took us to an old mobster steak joint for cocktails. Oh, my my first lemon drop. (laughs) It was oh. right. He was in the middle of opening up the Mobster Museum. I don't. I think at this point it opened and shut down. But yeah, really funny guy. What year was that? I don't know. I want to say around about maybe two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Okay. Before them, <laughs> you came before Human Nature <laughs> right? to Vegas. They. Uh... I'll tell you my other thing about Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I, we know I'm not a big fan of Vegas. I went on a press trip. It was a free eight 
10 day holiday it was great it was but absolutely pure exhausting so they'd get you up you'd go to one hotel for breakfast you'd go and tour another hotel you'd go to a restaurant for lunch and then you'd go and tour somewhere else and then you'd have cocktails you get obviously you get time to change it between so you'd go somewhere for cocktails then you'd go somewhere for dinner you'd go and see a show you'd have more drinks and they'd take you to a late show yeah so one of the longest running shows ever in vegas was jubilee which was the show that was the topless dancers oh ran for years and years i think it only closed about maybe six or seven years ago was it like burlesque or showgirls it was showgirls it was topless showgirls and we'd done a tour during the day where they took us behind the scenes and we saw all the costumes Mm. which were just amazing like some of these costumes would weigh like 70 100 pounds mm. and they show you how the girls would get through these costumes and get backstage so we have done this tour backstage we get to meet some of the dancers we go to see the show in the evening having done this is probably about halfway through the trip so I, i'm completely exhausted at this stage because mm. you get up at six in the morning and you go right through to the night and then after you see a show they take you to a club yeah they want you to write about everything in Vegas. yeah so we go to see jubilee and we're in the front row <laughs> so there are these hundreds and hundreds of girls you know dancing with their tits out yeah titties in your face i fall asleep on the front row but trying so hard not to because i was kind of like oh it, i can't imagine what it must feel like for them if they're up there <laughs> and there's some chick in the front row just like having a nap yeah but i couldn't help it i was no. exhausted i've done it but i wasn't in the front row i was probably <laughs> row six or seven i went to see guys and dolls in the west end with my mum and my granddad and my granddad couldn't hear anything that they were saying and i was knackered and fell asleep so nice one well, that's really interesting. That's almost I saw Matt Goss as well. That was one of the shows they took us to see was Matt Goss at the Gossy Room. So he's been doing that for a long time yeah. then. Okay. He's not at Caesar's Palace anymore. He's moved on. To, I've got a horrible feeling now it's not Caesar's Palace and people are going to be shouting at us. Um, but yeah, he that run ended and he is in, now in another place. But yeah. they also have called the room the Gossy Room. It's a really cracking little show as well. Good old Matt Goss. Sorry, carry on. That's we right. don't cross too much. Human Nature released their ninth studio album, A Vegas, Songs from Sin City, in November 2010, which reached the ARIA Top 30. Vegas contains cover versions that are either about the city or have been performed by headliners past and present. It includes a duet it's with... Tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> it includes a duet with Barry Manlow. Oh. On the 27th of November, they performed two Elvis Presley covers, A Little Less Conversation and Viva Las Vegas, complete with Vegas showgirls on the final episode of Australian TV show Hey Hey It's Saturday. Yeah. What day is that on? Pass. (laughs) In December 2010, they embarked on the Direct from Las Vegas Australian Symphony Tour, where they visited five state capital cities and played with the Associated State Symphony Orchestra. More stuff about which ones they were. Very good ones. <laughs> the state symphonies, of course they're yeah. good. In celebration of their far 500th show, I almost said 500th then. 500th <laughs> show. 500th show. In their 500th, 500th show? Oh. In celebration of show number 500 <laughs> at the Imperial Palace on the 30th of June 2011. Hang human- on, show... So they've done 500 shows at the Imperial Palace, or this is their 500th show altogether out of all their shows, and it's at the Imperial Palace. This is the show number 500 at the Imperial Palace. So that was on the 30th of June 2011, and they recorded a full-length PBS concert special, Human Nature Sings Motown, with special guest Smokey Robinson at the Paris Theatre at Paris Las Vegas on the 6th and 7th of July. 
Andrew commented, basically, ever since we started working in Vegas, everyone was telling us we should do a PBS special and that we'd like more people when they arrive in Vegas to have heard of human nature. Is that a big thing, a PBS special? Uh, no idea. We'll make a call on that too. On the 6th of March 2012, Human Nature released a DVD of the PBS concert and also their first US album, the Motown Record, featuring more (laughs) Motown tracks. Toby told Brian McCollum of the Detroit Free Press, Everybody Loves Motown, which is testament to what it achieved. I've dropped the accent. As Berry Gordy would say, they didn't seek to make just black music. They wanted to make music for everybody. I look out at our shows and it's people from all over the world. All genders and ages. It's pretty remarkable. And to have Smokey Robinson get involved so heavily with what we are doing is such a big justification for us that we were doing something okay with his music and not ruining it. I mean, that's true. Mm. The album reached number 120 on the Billboard Top 200, but reached number one on the Motown chart and number one on the Billboard Heat Seeker chart. I don't know what that is. No. The releases were followed by a 34-city tour to raise money for PBS affiliates and to improve awareness of the group in America. Their first stop on the 24th of March was at Detroit, Michigan, the original home of Motown, at the Fisher Theatre. They were also featured musical guests on on the 23rd of April broadcast of Dancing with the Stars, the American one, alongside Motown artists Robinson, Martha Reeves and The Temptations. The tour included visits to Chicago, Washington DC, Boston and New York City. For the East Coast tour, they used their Vegas backing band, the Funk Foundation. <laughs> In December 2012, the group toured Australia. They see this is a this is a pattern. They go back to Australia every December. Mm. It must be for Christmas and Australian weather. summer, yeah. Gonna, you don't go from Vegas. <laughs> Yeah. to Australia for the good weather it's always fucking hot in Vegas and guess what they did when they were in Australia did a show with orchestras. the orchestra <laughs> <laughs> more than one Human Nature signed a two year deal with the Venetian Hotel and Casino and started a residency in January 2013 the group performed the Smokey Robinson Presents Human Nature the Motown show five nights a week at the Sands showroom In November 2013, Human Nature released the Christmas album, which reached number four on the Aria albums chart and number 13 on the Billboard Top Heat Seekers. We need to figure out what the Heat Seekers is. You carry on. Heat Seekers are people that release records from places that are hot as balls. (laughs) Yes, like Vegas or (laughs) Australia. They promoted it with a 10-day Australian tour in December. Shock. (laughs) With (laughs) orchestras. On the ten- no, it doesn't say anything about orchestras this time. On the 10th of April 2014, they played their 1,000th show in Vegas. Okay, can I just... The Heat Seekers. So the Billboard Heat Seekers chart is for up-and-coming artists, which I feel is a bit of... A reach. Yeah, because they've been going to, what are we now, 2013? Yes, they've been but going they, since 89? They only did their first performance in America in 2008. So it's still five years. Top heat seekers are the breaking and entering music charts issued weekly. Mm. Does that mean new artists or new music? Let me open up the the full Wikipedia page. The heat seekers albums and the heat seekers songs charts were introduced by Billboard in 1991, with the purpose of highlighting the sales by new and developing musical recording artists. 
albums and songs appearing on top heat seekers may also concurrently appear on the billboard 200 and the billboard hot 100 mm-hmm. okay so it's not really introducing is it no but if Billboard categorise them and allow it, we allow it. We're not going to fight with Billboard. We're, no, we're using not. their information way too much for our scoring. Let's not fall out with them. They <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get a cease and desist. In September 2014, Human Nature appeared on Australian TV's Sunrise to promote their concept album, Jukebox, which featured cover versions of tracks from the 1950s and 1960s. It debuted at number two. In 2016, the band released Gimme Some Lovin' Jukebox Volume 2. In August 2018, they released their 13th studio album, (laughs) Romance of the Jukebox. It all goes a bit. There's not very much left to say here other than in April 2019, Human Nature will celebrate 30 years with a Little More Love tour. It will be their biggest live show ever produced, commencing in the Gold Coast and concluding in Sydney. So, that's Human Nature. Australia's biggest boy band. One of them's gay. Okay. Married with two kids, Toby. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Andrew Tierney battled, battled alcohol addiction, but seems to be doing well now. And the most interesting fact about their personal lives that I could find was that Andrew and Michael, the two brothers, are married to two sisters. Oh, that's very neighbours, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> very neighbours. Do you think that's because, like, do they live out in farmland and it was the only two women for miles? It was women or sheep. <laughs> We're not going down that road. <laughs> yeah, so that's human nature. Okay. Let's get. Let's toss up the uh, scoring. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take a little while for the scoring because obviously our scoring focuses on the British and the American charts yeah. and most of their score, their points would come for the Australian charts and we don't count Australia as relevant. So <laughs> Sorry, we'll have a little Australia. time to think about this. So we'll be back in a minute. Right, point time. Yeah, so we have allowed human nature in this situation because they're big in a territory we don't use for point scoring. So we've taken into account how well their albums did in the albums and singles did in Australia and allowed for that in the pointing. So Mm. they get points for songwriting. We didn't give them a great number of points for style. Um, No, I know it's just not... their overall, (laughs) our chart now stands at... Still in number one position, the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. At number two, the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Jonas Brothers are going to boost themselves up now. New yeah. single out, they're going to get more, you know, chart position points. Yeah. They get more points of being back together. So there's going to be a little movement in the chart now. Thanks, yeah, there is. Jonas. Uh, number three is Bross. Number four, brand new entry, Human Nature. Excellent. And number five is LFO. Excellent work. Well done, Human Nature. Who knew? Right. They, they've done exceptionally well. Yeah, I think they, they scored did high on... Really well for their chart positioning. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And how long they've been together as well. Oh, yeah, 30 points. Solid 30 years without what are they now? Does that mean they're all, like, 50 now? Almost 50? Yeah. Same as my new kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> same as Take That as well. well Howard is 50. Well, well done, human nature. Good job. Got nothing left to say on them. No. <laughs> It's a nice story, though. Yeah, well, yeah. I was shocked when we, I, when you said you were doing Human Nature this week, and I started having a little bit of a look into them because also they were in the video chart this week as well. We had a couple of people going, "I can't believe you've put 
my two boy bands against each other, Human Nature and Take That. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know a massive amount of them. Didn't realise I'd had so, so long Vegas residency. Yeah. yeah, they've been in Vegas for fucking ages, haven't they? I only found out they were in Vegas, I think, last year when some of my Aussie friends were talking about going to Vegas to see Human Nature. And I was like what mm. and they're like yeah they do like Motown and I'm like what <laughs> he don't love you guys I have one of my boy banders believes that Vegas is where musical acts go to die once you've done Vegas there's no coming out and going back on well the Backstreet Boys are currently doing that <laughs> so and Britney's done it yeah he says there's some exceptions to the rule like Elton's an exception to the rule oh, oh, oh. and I know everyone here is making an assumption about which member of the boy band I'm talking about you're wrong not that one um <laughs> Yeah, like there's, there's some acts that will always come out of it. Like, so Elton can do Vegas and come out of it. Britney can do Vegas and come out of it. Yeah. Mariah type thing. But yeah. kind of where you I saw it's the an end of career. Have you seen the video of Mariah Carey not being asked to dance? Have I mentioned this to you before? <laughs> no. I've got to show you it because have a watch of this. This is Mariah. <laughs> really, I mean, this bit's not that bad, but it gets better. Keep watching. that's how i want my life to be you need to get up here well lift me look keep watching it gets better (laughs) look she's just like "Uh, yeah lift me whatever i know Uh, uh." (laughs) (laughs) it's so good stoned i don't know what she is she's just a diva isn't she there's also brilliant footage of her sitting in a wheelie chair being wheeled around (laughs) because she's walking in a wheelie bin Oh, get in the bin, Mariah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Next but week, we're doing... I'm going to surprise you. Oh. You oh, care? yes, I like that. Oh, well, we're doing, actually, is next week our drunk episode. Are we not saving drunk episodes at all? No, let's do drunk... Let's record the drunk episode and force it upon the world immediately. Yeah, I think I think maybe we could record two. Let's see how drunk we get <laughs> and how long we talk for. So... When we're staying there for two days, this could be... So the next 24 episodes... <laughs> It's just going to be us, shit-faced. Hooray! But thank you for tuning in once again. We do really, really appreciate you all. And also, those of you that come and interact with us uh, on Facebook yeah. and Instagram and, and Twitter, it's we have such good fun talking to you all, so it's really good fun. You can find us on... The Facebook group is... Just search for I'm With The Boy Band. Our Twitter is... The Boy Band Pod. You can find us on Instagram at I'm with the boy band or email us at theboybandpod at gmail.com. And your task for this week is before you put your phone away, having finished listening to us, is to head over to Instagram and give us a little follow. You'll see all our cupcake action. <laughs> um, and I think we might post some. No, we're not doing videos right now. Neither of us got makeup on. But thanks again for listening. We will see you. We do really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll be the two annoying drunk bins. Yeah, Thank happy you. International Women's Day, everybody. Yes, girl power. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So remember to join us next week where we will be continuing to find out who is the greatest boy band. No, no, no. Uh, r- no. Pardon? No, we're going to be drunk next week. We can't do, we can't possibly do greatest boy band. I can't do maths oh. and vodka. So next week we'll do boy band games. We'll do the greatest oh. boy band games. Yes. Ever. Does that mean I get to steal your... But remember, the greatest boy band is not the one that comes at the top of our charts, but the one that was there for you when you needed them the most and got you from there to hear oh I like that I like it (laughs) I'm totally nicking that (laughs) thanks for listening we'll be with you next week bye thanks this week go to 
Wikipedia and to human nature for being human and natural. <laughs> and natural. <laughs> <laughs> Our theme tune is Dance With You by Fire and Lights from the Songs About a Girl trilogy by Chris Russell. Visit songsaboutagirl.com. <laughs>